Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. Today, you're going to hear a conversation between Valerie Bell and Tisa Northern. Tisa is the Outreach Coordinator and Minister to Women at Grace Covenant Church in Virginia. Tisa, like so many of you, is someone who is deeply passionate about reaching kids with the gospel and working with the other leaders in her ministry to help engage those children in lifelong discipleship. This conversation is highly practical, particularly for those of you who are looking for ways to keep your ministry engaged during this time when you aren't able to see very many of your kids face to face. But before we get to that, I want to put out a specific ask to those of you who listen to this podcast. I know that Teasa's ministry is not the only ministry that is adapting and figuring out how to disciple kids during the coronavirus pandemic. So I would love to hear from you directly. I've mentioned this before, but it's been a while, but you can actually leave a voicemail for the show. And I would love to hear from you. I know you might be confused because I'm a millennial and I'm asking you to leave me a voicemail, but I would love to hear what things you're learning during the coronavirus, what your greatest challenge has been during this pandemic, but also share what success looks like in your ministry. What is God up to during the coronavirus crisis? Phone lines are open, so give me a call at 630-289-5353. That's 630-289-5353. And if you're driving right now or not able to copy it down, I leave the number in the show notes every episode. I can't wait to hear from you. But let's get to today's episode. Here is Valerie Bell starting the conversation with Tisa Northern, episode 26 of the Resilient Disciples podcast. So Tisa, I was really hoping today that you would help me get my mind around what season are we living in? I, I have totally almost lost track. You know, is this the season where uh, we've gotten kind of through the year, maybe the Awana year or your children's ministry year, and it's time to just uh, get out of the front line? and put your feet up and get restored? Or is this double down season? How do you see this? I'm gonna go with double down season. I think that if there was ever a time um, that families uh, needed to have the support, the love, the encouragement of our volunteers in Awana, it is now, definitely now. now. You know, I absolutely agree with you. And I knew you'd say that. That's why I wanted to talk (laughs) today because you have an instinct for working with volunteers you really do and uh what i admire about you though uh, besides the instinct is that your expectations are really high and it's so fascinating people meet those expectations they don't seem to regret that resent that or uh you know, even put their feet in the ground and go, I'm not going there. I'm dragging through this. They, they are, uh, seem to be so happy to be on a train, a ministry train that's going somewhere and they get to be a part of it. So um, I agree with you. I think this is a season to step it up of great opportunity for ministry. So what are your clubs doing to stay connected with your Awana families during this time of social distancing? 
Well, I'm actually really excited about what um, our commanders and what our directors have been doing in each of the clubs. Um, and our programs start with Puggles and we go all the way up through Trek and Journey. Um, and each of those clubs during this time um, have been very, very creative to try and stay connected and engaged. So for example, um, I get the opportunity to work with our Trek and Journey students um, on a weekly basis. The leaders are still meeting. Um, we're meeting virtually and um, praying for the students on Sundays. Now we've been doing that all year long um, throughout the year anyway, but now um, we have an opportunity to connect with one another to talk about maybe some of the challenges that the leaders themselves are having. Um, I like to call our volunteers leaders because you know we, we expect them to be out there leading the charge, right? <laughs> so, but um, we um, do have that chance to, to pray and connect, but then we've also been meeting, um, our students have been meeting um, by Zoom call. And it's been great because the participation has been really, really good and engaging. So students have had an opportunity to connect with their leaders, talk to them about some of the challenges that they're facing, um, and really get an opportunity to talk about um, the biblical perspective of what we're going through. Um, I love that. So uh, give us a sense of the scope of your ministry. Your church has how many kids about in the Awana program? How many volu volunteers, excuse me, leaders? <laughs> give us a sense of that. Okay, so um, our club is, um, I like to think it's large and amazing, but I mean, overall, there are many, many other programs that are bigger than ours, but we have um, about... 250, 300 students um, in our program, and we have about um, 75 to 80 leaders um, in the, the program. So oh, it's, um, it's a nice, healthy Awana club. That's great. And so these Zoom meetings that you're having with the students, are they quite large? Were you able to divide them up in some way to be able to manage that? Yes. So um, we've been having Zoom calls by club. So each club has their own group, um, which has really been kind of nice. Um, our Trek and Journey program was, was a little more intimate than <laughs> size-wise um, to start with. But um, what's really been cool is that uh, Trek and Journey, I'm sorry, uh, TNT has also been meeting with their students. And they've been meeting um, in smaller groups. So they have between probably six um, to 10 students on a call at a time um, with the students. But what I'm hearing is that you didn't just say, uh, it's over. And um, no, and no. you know, we're, we're finding just through anecdotal, we're calling our missionaries, they're calling the churches to find out how they're doing and everything. And we're finding anecdotally that at least 70, maybe 80% of the Awana clubs kept on going through these very kinds of means that you're talking about. And, you know, that makes me feel so proud of them that they didn't just give up and uh, decide that it was too hard. They, a lot of people have learned how to do YouTube videos. You know, you see them there, you can see they're not used to doing that. And yet they're out there trying to finish the year well, so touching. So let's talk about how can Awana leaders help their students feel engaged and complete their books? Have you done anything differently at the end of the year to try to help the students? 
Yes. So um, we're on the Zoom calls. Um, students are able to recite their verses. So they still have that connection with their leaders. But um, we're allowing the parents to sign off. You know, it's the honor system. But in these times, we're like, it's all good. Yes. You know, parents yes. are leaders too now. <laughs> yeah. And um, it also is an opportunity for parents and children to read the Bible together, to do these verses together. So we're encouraging that um, and along the way. Um, but um, in, in addition to that, we have, for the smaller groups, done the videos and sent home um, by way of uh, emails and um, uh, just that virtual space um, yes. to create opportunities for parents who may feel a little inundated with you know having to be homeschool teachers and <laughs> um, still do whatever life they still had to do you know before coronavirus our leaders have been very uh, creative about how they can help families to um, stay engaged with their awana books and um, with their their bibles and um, completing everything that they had started through the year and depending on the different clubs um, and the age of their students, um, the, the packets or the materials look different, but they're all exciting and engaging. So um, for example, our Cubbies group, uh, they didn't just stop, even though, you know, we had gotten to the end of the year and it might be kind of hard to wrestle and wrangle little four-year-olds and five-year-olds onto a Zoom call, right? But instead, <laughs> we, um, made videos for families. They have um, the lesson times on video. They created um, a, a whole help for families that would even include the kind of snacks that their families could um, sit and have while they do their lesson. Um, I'm hearing such uh, an effort to care for these families and awareness that they are overwhelmed. Parents are just overwhelmed right now. Yes. They are absolutely exhausted. And they, you know, it's just uh, so much coming at them and everything they didn't prepare for. And I was talking to my younger son the other day and they have a five-year-old daughter. And um, so I said, well, did you, how are you liking homeschooling? He said, oh, mom, I just didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that's one one choice, isn't it? She's probably still going to yeah. life, but that's how a lot of parents feel. If I could just, you know, stop this, catch my breath, and even myself, like I have um, a 16 year old and an 18 year old um, senior about to graduate from high school, and you know, he's pretty much like, woo, all right, we're done, right? And I'm like, no, there was still more. And so um, it's just been a challenge. But I love that uh, it sounds like there is a greater attachment mm -hmm. happening between the uh, club leaders and the family leader. <laughs> yes. 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 That's extremely um, healing, I think, for the relationships that are going forward. Um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, the creative things that are happening in your community through your uh, club program. Well, um, we're, our clubs are staying engaged with our overall outreach opportunities that we have at the church. And so families are, you know kind of hunkered into their houses, but they want to still be engaged and they want to feel like they're being, they're able to um, impact the community. Yes. So um, our churches really tried to um, make opportunities 
um, like that for families. And one of those um, is that we are writing notes of encouragement to um, those who are in senior facilities um, and retirement homes. So, you know, we found that there was a huge um, response from families um, wanting to get engaged with that. So they'll just stop by the church um, outside of um, the church is a, a bin with um, packages of note cards and they just take them home and fill them out and um, bring them back to encourage the other um, families in our community. So this was a great idea for one senior center that you were uh, initially starting with. Yes. So initially, <laughs> happened to you? <laughs> so initially, when I said, "Hey," um, I had reached out to um, a, a local senior center and um, asked them how we could, you know. Um, help them in during this time. And while we're still in that mode of social distancing, obviously their doors were closed to um, most types of help. Mm -hmm. And I asked, hey, well, what about um, notes of encouragement? And they have about 110 um, people in, um, in their facility. And I thought, oh, well, you know, that'd be great. And I was excited about 110. I'm just going to be honest with you. And so I kind of, you know, tossed that out. And um, by the time it hit our, our congregation, it had turned into, hey, we're going to do um, note cards for 10 of our uh, local senior centers, um, you know, residence areas, and um, we want 2,000 cards in oh. the next week. And I thought, oh, wow, that's big even for me. But oh. the response has been phenomenal. Um, families have rallied. They're so excited. We actually, um, earlier today, had like a line of cars. Like there were seven cars out there waiting to be able to get out and get their pack. <laughs> so. That's so fabulous because people do want to do something. You do have this impulse to try to do something to make this better. And uh, I heard of one a little uh, story that a little girl wrote her uh, note to a senior citizen it, like this. She didn't know her, but she just wrote out her verse in crayon. And this went to a woman who is 80 some years old in a retirement center, never been to church in her life. And she was so touched by this little girl's Bible verse at this time that was personalized to her that she's been in contact now with the church and interested in spiritual pathways moving forward. So, yeah, you never know what this is going to do in someone's life. But 2,000 2, cards. 2,000 cards. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, talk to us a little bit about how did you handle the award ceremony? Are you going to have an award ceremony? Well, we actually are. We, we talked about it. Um, so our folks were pretty on it already, thank, um, thankfully. And so we already had our awards um, that, and we're preparing those um, for our award ceremony, right? So we were... Um, out a few months, obviously, before our official award ceremony would have happened. But because we have everything, um, it will be very easy for us to kind of plug back in. And um, once we are allowed back out and, you know, life distancing is over, then we can get back to Correct, correct. Um, yes. And so um, we've talked about even um, having um, a, a barbecue, um, like a family uh, moment where we can then um, celebrate everyone's accomplishments and just have a small um, 
uh, celebration and give out the awards at that time. It would be kind of fun to give out awards to parents during that time. <laughs> <laughs> we should really have them do a Bible verse challenge too to see how yeah. well they learned their verses while the ones were learning. And, uh, listen to their stories because they're going to have some amazing stories that are coming out of this time too. So, well, I, I love all of the things that you're doing at your church and how you go for it. I I was uh, told about a, a conversation that one of our missionaries had with the church and this church was saying, well, you know, it's been tough and this summer, who knows how it's going to go. We're just thinking about maybe not doing children's programming this fall. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to say to her, but I wasn't a part of the conversation. What this uh, Awana missionary actually did say to her is wrong. That's the wrong response. This is the time to step it up. This is the season to dedicate yourself to children. And our pastors are so exhausted. You know, they have had to do this pivot and figure out how to do everything online. Uh, it's, it's very easy unless there is a child advocate in the church, unless there are real leaders, not just volunteers, uh, who can step into that and speak into that and say, um, we're not going to let the kids fall through the cracks during this time because they're hurting. One of my uh, friends was talking about his children and one of his little girls uh, wants to have her temperature taken every day. Mm. I'm so afraid of having this disease. So our children are dealing with all kinds of things they can't even articulate. But to have a safe place where, where there are loving, caring adults like you have at your church uh, is wonderful. And I'd love to hear a report later on about what happened with these 2,000 cards. I would love to share. Don't, don't you think there'll be like 2,000 stories that come out of it? Oh, that? absolutely. I'm really excited. Like I said, it has um, just really overwhelmed me and, and, and really built my faith um, to see how... Um, our our members, how our Awana families are really stepping up um, and wanting to be a source of encouragement and a source of light, even in um, moments like this. And so, yeah. one last question. One last question. What has what have you sensed God saying to you during this time? Honestly, um, I really sense Him um, kind of beckoning and saying, "Hey." This is an opportunity. I don't want you to be afraid, right? Because mm -hmm. God says, um, fear not for I'm with you always. Mm -hmm. um, but I really feel like this is an invitation for us, um, for those of us who maybe have gotten a little bit too comfortable with being inside the church um, and um, giving us an opportunity to realize that we are the church and that we have the opportunity to um, share his light, to extend his kingdom in so many different ways. It's almost like looking at a prism and seeing all the light just shining through. Um, so all of these amazing and wonderful homes um, that now have the light of God shining through them um, and being impact, you know, an impact um, in a positive way to those in their community. I really see that. That's a great word. And, you know, I, I think while we're stuck in our homes, he's still working. He's working his plan, not our plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing to see what happens. Our children will have stories. They'll always remember this. And they're going to remember the people who were full of faith. 
they're going to remember the ones who stepped up and said, mm, we're not going to let Satan win this day. And not only are we going to take care of ourselves, we're going to write 2,000 cards to senior citizens in our town. And we're going to be the light. We're going to be the proclaimers. We're going to be the hope-filled ones. Um, I love that. And I love how uh, spiritually opportunistic you are, Tisa Northern, during these, this season. It's a good season. It's a good season for ministry, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I do want to share, there are a couple of things that um, our, um, our uh, children's ministry program has been doing. They've been working around the clock um, just to keep things going and to keep um, children engaged. So just as much as um, our senior pastors um, and associate pastors have been working to create virtual um, church on church online, they've been doing um, church online as well. And so they've been doing their, their, um, their programs, they've been doing videos and messages um, to the students and to the children to let them know that, hey, you're not alone, we're here and um, we're excited. And um, one of the things that they did, and, and I say they as though I'm not a part of it, but I really am, um, uh, is that they, we were going to have an Easter egg hunt, um, and unfortunately, we couldn't have that, right? Like, you know, because what was going on? But instead, they made up bags um, of Easter egg bags with the gospel message inside of each one of those bags, and then they left them outside for families to pick up. And not just for them to pick up so that they could do an Easter egg hunt in their yard, but to give to their neighbors. And so... Uh um, I got a chance to be a part of that, and I just had no idea. I was overwhelmed by the response. So my neighbors next door, um, I took a bag and, and you know, um, had quarantined the bag for a couple of days, so there were no issues. And then I set it um, on their door and rang the doorbell and kind of stepped, you know, way back. And um, they came to the door, and the mom was shocked, and she said, "You have no idea." She said they had literally been. Uh, it was a Saturday, the Saturday before Easter. They'd been, um, their son had been on a Zoom call, like a play date with a friend who was telling them how their mom was painting rocks and that they were hiding them in the yard and they were going to, you know, do an Easter egg hunt with the oh, rock. Wow. <laughs> so, and he was saying, you should do something like that too. So the mom and the dad kind of looked at each other and they were like, ah, oh, you know, mm, we don't have any rocks, you know, <laughs> that we can paint. And, um, you know, uh, we're not really wanting to go to the store to get these eggs. Um, but what do we have around the house? So they started hunting and they find, they found five eggs and then they were like, but we only have like candy from three years ago. So that's not really fun. And so in the midst of this dialogue that they're having, I knock on the door and I have this bag full of eggs with oh, in it. And so, um, it was just really neat because she posted on Facebook, you know, the, the story and just the encouragement along with pictures of her children outside doing the Easter egg hunt. So I love it. Oh, these are great stories. Thanks for not giving up. Thanks for doubling down during this season. And I pray that you'll have a lot of spiritual fruit in your community uh, from the things that you set in place during this time. Thanks, Tiza. Thank you. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. 
Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode. And go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.